I'm Dan Broskell. And I'm Dave Geller. And we are the co-hosts of What Do We Know? What Do We Know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness, education, sports, personal stories, and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things, but not a lot about others. Your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator, compulsive runner, and father of five. And Dave Geller, a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing Maine accent. All right, everybody. It is Thursday, April 23rd, 2020, episode 21 of What Do We Know? I'm Dan Roskell. As always, joined by my good friend, Dave Geller. Dave, how are you? Doing great. Lucky 21 today. Lucky 21. Uh, Roger Clemens, 21. Um, and also joined by our good friend, Dave, yours and mine, Shannon Dillon uh, from Creative Images, Boston Photography and Bedford, Massachusetts. Shannon, welcome. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I think we, we were sort of softly sounding out, folks. Oh, guess who's coming on the pod? Shannon. Everyone's like, that's so awesome. Because um, <laughs> Shannon is so uh, disappointed because I'm not no, that interesting. No, well, the, those who know you know that you're uh, you know, funny and interesting and, and kind-hearted, wonderful person. So um, can't wait to sort of have you sort of jump in and talk about your life and what's happening right now. Um, before we get to that, I mean, the big news, obviously, Dave, this week, I think for, for us and all of us who have kids, uh, no school for the rest of the year. So, Dave, how'd that go down in your house when uh, when your daughter found out? Um, Madison found out kind of late by accident. Jen didn't want to uh, tell her right away, but I think it was just kind of kind of over her head. She's still on this permanent vacation for all she cares. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, for for us as parents, we just kind of roll with it. Today in the office is kind of funny because I was asking a kid today. I said, so how how do you feel about school being canceled for the rest of the year? And he looked at me, and then his mommy said, "School's canceled for the rest of the year." Because she hadn't told him yet. You know, she was get you know, out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think everybody everybody's dealing with it differently right now. So yeah. Oh, I, I hope that I, I hope that I know who that was. Although you can't tell me. That's an amazing. I can't tell. There you go. Go with you, Shannon. Um, it went as expected. We've kind of been. I've been. I had been following the news pretty closely, so I had already prepared my kids that it's most likely more likely than not that they wouldn't be going back to school so julio has been really prepared for it he's doing great julia is not because she's uh my daughter she's extremely extroverted and (laughs) she loves i mean julio is also but she just like she needs people around her all the time and it's very hard for her um i am i'm half relieved and half devastated because they're going to be missing you know, this is last year in Lane, and this is her last yep. year at preschool. So yep. they're missing a lot of things, much like the seniors and all that. Um, but Julio being uh, kind of a high-risk kid with his asthma and, uh, you know, still getting croup and stuff like that, he, um, yep. I'm so relieved because I was scared to have to make that choice of, okay, school's sent, school is back in session, but I'm afraid to still send my kid, yep. knowing he could get sick and end up in the emergency room. So. Yeah, for sure. And um, more relieved yeah. than anything. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think everyone kind of thought this was inevitable, as did we. But still, we're sitting here, and and I look at the calendar, and it was April twenty first. I'm like, you know, what's really far away is late June, <laughs> and it feels like um, I can't really conceive of 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 eighty five degrees and uh, and 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 remote learning in the third week of June. So. Uh, you know, the right decision all around, you know, I'm really excited, like no MCAS, wonderful, um, you know, the <laughs> grades are going to be, you know, everyone's going to pass if they sort of log on, you know, wonderful, 
and you know the question for us is like you know so, so what does what does the world look like you know what does my work look like on 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 june 29th will child care centers reopen will parents be nervous what will the state of the world be what will be in september and um you know i, I think i said on monday dave with with you and uh, and jill um you know this is still the beginning and uh and chancellor merkel in germany today was like yeah this is still just the beginning so for now this is going to be fine we're going to make it work and I've been so pleased with the with how the learning is going online um, for the kids, and you know I think they all took it sort of in stride. And my eighth grader, who is you know had the play canceled and the DC trip canceled oh. and if your graduation canceled, you know he's been fine with it. But I mean you know my oldest one's going a little bit stir crazy, and he can only run so much, you know, and find a quiet space so much. He used to run and, past my house down by. Uh... Yeah, so James has had the goal of, of running every street in Bedford. Oh. I, I, I was driving I, mean, I was driving home to Lexington a, a couple nights ago, like near the Alpers, right? Going up um, yep. Grove Street. And I see this, yep. this blonde-headed beast running down towards me. <laughs> it was um, It was James. Like, and I'm, I'm like, get out of Lexington, man. No, he's, he's yeah. everywhere. I'm like, he's crazy. That's, he was no, way, I, off, I, way off the grid. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was once... A runner like that and he is taking it like to the next level i mean good for him it keeps him sane like hiking keeps us sane but he is pounding out miles like you wouldn't believe and it's good for him you know and that's fine um but you know our house is full of love and full of activities you know dawn to dusk um so there we so go i was trying but, to uh, yeah, I was, you know i know you have a family of you know five kids right you know, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of learning going on there i was trying to get you a portable classroom into your driveway you know hooked up for you if you want you know with a little ac you can have like a little extension Thanks, there. The house, schoolhouse, the kids over there. Schoolhouse? Yeah, I think I think I think, they, I think they'll allow that. The cold will allow well, that Dave, for now. You should, you should bring the small house down from uh, from the lake and leave it in my driveway. The tiny I'll house. Be, I'll, be I'll, the bring, I'll bring it out. Yeah, for, for you and Liz to have a little getaway in the driveway. Yeah. Oh, That's man. the extension. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Yeah, Geller, Geller still still can't say the name right, Shannon, which is fine. We're yeah, good friends. I, I'm not, I'm not, I heard that I'm not, on the podcast and I thought it was funny. I'm not, not going <laughs> to judge him too much about that. It's, um, not, it's not on purpose. It's, uh, it's, uh, in, it's, his no, it's defense, in his defense, he can't say a lot of things right, I noticed. With you that know, that's, that is absolutely <laughs> correct, Shannon. There's a lot of things. Back I will to, say Back that. to you, Shannon. <laughs> 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 well, Shannon, I mean, I mean, for for a girl from New England, you you're relatively accentless, you know. So Shannon, you know, from we're from Wallingford, Connecticut, just north of New Haven. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about the the line from uh from from Central Connecticut up to here in uh, in Greater Boston. How that how that work out for you? Uh, well, when I first so the whole accent thing. So apparently, Connecticut doesn't have a major accent except for things yep. like. Mitten and mountain, like we don't pronounce our T's, which I didn't realize yep. till I moved here. Yep. Um, got teased for that a lot. But sure. no, I grew up uh, near New York, so yep. had awesome pizza, awesome Chinese yep. food. Yep. I like food, so all the food was good. And then I moved up here, and I'm like, what is this stuff? This is not pizza. <laughs> um, oh, no, New York pizza snob, there we go. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. Well, I can't eat any of it anymore anyway. Right. None of it's gluten-free. Yep. So, um but I moved up to, I moved to Western Mass for photography school and came to the Boston area on a field trip and just was like instantly fell in love with the area. Yeah. And, uh, Did you go to school you know? in, uh, in uh, Western Mass? So there used, to be school, uh, there used to be a photography school called Hallmark, uh, Hallmark Institute of Photography. So it was, it, it changed hands many times and had different reputations depending on when you went there, but it was a great school. Um, you kind of 
got out of it what you put into it as a lot of trade schools are. And um, so it was out in Western Mass and it was a, a one year program. So it was basically uh, all the business, you know, the studio lighting, the outdoor lighting and stuff like that. But it was giving away my age, but it was back in the film days. We didn't have any digital. <laughs> we were the first class to ever have Photoshop. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. crazy. That's how that's like uh, Turner's Falls, like, like yeah, 291. That, that is that is deep, deep root yeah. corridor, right? Yes. Wow. Awesome. Um, so listen, I think, you know, everybody in the age of in the age of iPhone thinks they're a great photographer. And, and everyone's like, you're right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, the end of this is going to say that, of course, we're wrong about that. And we're always amazed by the pictures that, you know, hacks like us take. And then you show up and the pictures we get from you are like, how in the world do you do it? You know, so don't give away too many secrets, right? But like, what, what, what do you know that we don't know? I mean, really, yeah, that's, that's the question. Before, before you answer that too, I'm thinking that you went to you know, photography school. I'm thinking, okay, you got your F-stop and you got your flash, you got your flash, what more, and you get your tripod, what more do you really need, right? So, uh, All I do is push a button, really. It's just a really nice camera. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's, <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite things. People are like, wow, she must have a really nice camera. That's, all, that's, that's like right, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, I've, um, seen that, I've seen that lens you're taking pictures with it right now, being oh, socially distanced. Yeah. It's, it's, got like, it's got like a, uh, a, a it's like a, you know, 10 feet long, right? You, you're, you're, you're from yes. across the street taking these amazing pictures. That's, that's where these muscles come from, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's actually my favorite lens to shoot with anyway. Um, I do headshots and stuff like that. So it, that contributes a lot to the look of my photography where the background is very soft and the focus is on the person and what's happening where it's kind of like zoomed in. So it's just the perfect lens to use for this. So like when I was photographing Dan's family, I was standing in the middle of the street. That's normally a busy street, which was very surreal. Um, Some of the families I'm across the street, some of the families I'm not even in the same yard. And it's been really amazing because it's made the kids and adults really act like I'm not there. So I'm able to capture these amazing, moments that they're having that they wouldn't be having otherwise and it's been great it's been fun with that yeah so the giant lens is is a big key to the look of that versus the iphone <laughs> so so with um with, with the whole the digital photography right now right so like you know like on my camera is of course we buy all have our photos we have like a million photos right never look at them but i remember like the old days you know with you know going to like a bar mitzvah or a wedding right and and the photographer would take all these pictures but they wouldn't be able to really see what the pictures were, right? Until mm-hmm. they brought back to the studio. So how does that change for you, all the digital stuff, right? You. Oh. Like, so I went to digital kicking and screaming because I was very old school, didn't want to do it. Um, but the, something about, uh, so I have ADHD. So it's very hard for me to remember things. So like I would do a photo shoot and be like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. And then the pictures would come back and like, it's not exactly how I wanted it to look and I can't remember what I shot it at. Now, when I went to digital, it was just this immediate, like, oh, I can see that I didn't do that right. This is how I can adjust it. And it just, because it was so instant and visual and all the data is right there. So I was able to put like the numbers with the visual situation versus what's on the back of the camera. So it helped me immensely improve my photography when when I finally went digital. (laughs) So, do you know? One more question, Dan. I'm sorry. Like, you know, looking at like 
going to Dan's family and all these amazing pictures that you've taken in the past, if not around town right now, which are pretty impressive. Um, do you, you know when, when you're taking, you're welcome. Do you know, thank you. Do you know when you're um, taking that picture, like, you know, that's the shot or do you, was it after the shot? Like, like, like you know, some of these pictures are oh, like, do, do I know if I have the shot? Yeah. Like, you know, like the, I just saw one recently about the, about the two boys, right? Who actually I oh, know, gosh. like you play basketball, right? Dunking on yeah. it, dunking on one. And of course, all the cool nuances where one of the boys is dunking. I know where that ball is going. And the other boy is holding on to, actually holding on to the, holding on to the, uh, the basketball um, pole, you know, trying to get up there. But like, do you see that shot before you take it? Or you just, you know? Yes, I, I kind of do. Like they had been playing around a bit and they kept trying to do that. Like I could see that kind of repeating itself a little bit, and from I did I did photograph sports for a long time. Um, like I did, you know I've d I've done a bunch of sports things, so it I did get used to knowing, uh, kind of predicting what was going to happen before it happened. So I and this is the benefit of learning on film. So I don't click 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 click. I don't like take a hundred pictures of the same shot because I hate editing. Um, so I kind of see them coming, and I think I took two shots of that. There was, like, one as he took off and one as he was – they were both in the air. So, yes, and, and as soon as I take it, I'm like, I don't even have to look at the camera. I'm like, I got it, I got it. I get all excited. They were funny, too, because they were like, I want to see how it looks on the back of the camera. I'm like, I can't. can't I couldn't show, show them. Yeah, yeah you're too far away. So we're, we're kind of hinting about what you've been doing the past couple of weeks during quarantine. So you sort of officially say like the, the front yard stuff that you've been up to and what you've been walking around town doing. Yeah. So it's, um, it's unofficially called the togetherness project. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because there was, um, I was kind of inspired by the front front steps project that people were doing, um, just to get out there. And I was, I need to be shooting. I need to be out. I need to be, around people in some form, even if it's really far away. So um, I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to do the same thing. You know, people getting dressed up and standing on their porch is not, to me, as um, representative of what's happening right now. So I wanted to go and see. I noticed that people were doing really interesting things like the birthday parades and, you know, stuff on the sidewalk, like drawing chalk obstacle courses and all the interesting things that they normally wouldn't be doing and doing them with their parents. Um, so I wanted to kind of capture this time while it's happening in the way it's happening. It's like the special things, the fun things, the positive things, because everybody at that point was focusing on the negative uh, in the media and all that. So um, it was trying to bring something positive and it's been wonderful. To, and it just evolved into this huge thing. It just started as me trying to get out of the house and now I have a waiting list of like 50 people <laughs> who I, I don't advertise it. So it's just people who email or call and say, hey, what's this thing you're doing? Can I be part of it? I never say no. <laughs> yeah, nothing makes my Instagram and Facebook uh, feed happier than these shots you're taking of people who, you know, Dave and I both know looking just natural and, and beautiful. Um, so, I mean, on a, you know. You do a lot of stuff. You're, I see all your senior photo, senior photos, event photos. You know, what, I assume there's a cycle to the year usually that you're doing certain kinds of things. So, what what is the what is the average sort of course of sort of the school year look like for you and the photos that you're taking? What are you taking in late summer? What are you taking in fall? What are you taking in spring? Um, I have a very pretty on the dot schedule, so I yeah. I'm not super busy up until like May. I start to get busy with some you know, like outdoor portraits and family portraits and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
June, the end of June is start senior portrait season. And that is just my thing. I love my seniors. I love to get to know them and treat them like they're on a modeling session and they get into it. And um, that runs all the way through October. Wow. Which runs, yeah, which crosses over with family portrait season for fall uh, portraits, which runs yep. into Christmas pictures. Yep. And then I sleep for six months. <laughs> so I basically don't sleep from June to December, and then I sleep from January till till May. And what and what towns are you doing? Bedford, Lexington, Concord, like who, where where are most of your folks from? Um, because I don't advertise, it's all word of mouth. It's yep. I'd say ninety percent Bedford. Um, I have a big cluster of kids in Methuen, um, Methuen and Tewksbury. So I have a. And it's just interesting to see how that grows with word of mouth. Yeah. So I have a little cluster yeah. up there that goes up into New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, I have people from Connecticut that have come to get their senior portraits taken because I'm from there and they see it pop up yeah. on their news feed. Um, but mostly Bedford. I do do some Lexington, some Billerica. And, and, and so, your sort of go-to spots, your, your big Great Brook Farm, I think, location. Oh. I, I know you've worked at the Acton Arboretum. Like, where else do you like yeah. to shoot? Well, Greybrook Farm is just my home away from home. That place is yep. just heaven on earth. It really is. Um, it's just wild, and it never looks the same twice. Yep. Um, the light changes. So everybody's pictures look similar, like uh, the same style, but they all look different and individual. Um, Acton Arboretum is a little bit more sculpted. So if I have someone who's more structured stuff, I do that. Um if somebody's looking for something funky, I love to use the train at Depot Park, right? You know, you know where Depot Park is. So that's Silver Train. I do a lot of like modeling stuff there because it's, you know, this, it's the Silver Train. It's so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are most of my, those are my three favorite places. And I'm always like, I always tell people, if you have an idea, please tell me because I love checking out other places. I like to go places I don't, I'm not familiar with and make something work. It's fun. So, so when we were younger, we, and Dan and I talked about this a little bit on a prior podcast, you know, I'm, I'm there's an evolution here. I remember when we were younger, and I'm not going to date you, I'm going to date myself, <laughs> I guess, you know, of these pictures, these photographs from kids who were younger with the, you know, you, you had your picture in the middle, and then you had yourself looking down on yourself wearing that black cape, right? You had the, the floating head. You remember those pictures at all? Yes, I, I do. You, I don't think you, you probably didn't take any of them yourself, hopefully. Oh, but I did. Did you really? <laughs> one of, one of my, yeah, one of my original jobs when I was, uh, I just graduated photography school. I was 18 and I worked at Kmart Portrait Studio and they still were doing them there. <laughs> so, so, so I just remember being a senior in high school and this was when things were evolving from just the standard, you know, take, take the headshot, you know, portrait of yourself to, you know, doing something a little bit more outside the box. This is back in the, the, early, the 80s, like mid 80s, 85, for me at least. And, you know, where you could, you, you brought you brought your suit, your, 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 your jacket and tie maybe if you were wearing that, or, or in Maine, it, it could have been your jean jacket and tie. Um, and then- With the cut sleeves. Overalls and tie, overalls. in your mouth. Um, but then, but also you had like a shoot. I have some crazy pictures that I've not shown many people about, um, you know, some different photos you could take, like you know, dressing differently. Like, like that's evolved a lot, right? So now all these, like, tell, all these photos now, all these outside shoots, and they really become the personality of, of the of the of the, at least the, the the kids that you're taking, right? Yeah. And do you, do you do you do you guide them with that? Do you let them do their own thing? How's that work? I don't want to give away too many of my secrets because then they'll catch on to me. Um, but 
getting them to be themselves is very easy. Each photo shoot lasts about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how much fun they're having. Um, So, like, if it's a guy who really hates pictures, I don't make it last an hour. Um, (laughs) I have a way of putting them at ease, mostly because I am so awkward uh, that they are just so cool in comparison to me (laughs) (laughs) that they're automatically relaxed and they don't feel like... Um, I usually don't let their parents talk to them on the shoot, and that's a big thing. The parents are there, but they're not allowed to talk to them because the last thing I need is for me to finally be getting them comfortable and have mom smile like you did when we went to Disney when you were 12. <laughs> it's, and then they're just this wall comes up and they're done. Like, So I, I make a whole thing of it in the beginning, and I say it in front of the kids so they get a little chuckle and like, you're not allowed. And if the parents do uh, start talking to them, and don't smile like that. I jump in and say, do I need to ask you to go back to the car? <laughs> That's great. So, but they, yeah, so it's a lot of like teasing and joking. I, I really like um, learning about them as we're walking from place to place. Like I'm asking them questions. So it helps me to show their personality because I'm getting to know them better. Yeah, I mean, the first time that you did us back over on um, a page field a couple of years ago, my wife yes. and I were like trying to give instruction. You're like, you two? Uh-uh. I'm like, oh, That's right. yes. And note, it was better without us talking, which is a great lesson for everybody. So uh, well well done with that. <laughs> Definitely appreciate it. Your kids are the um, easiest. When, when you, yeah, well, I appreciate that you feel that way. So when you, like, let's say, you know, you're, you're, you're waking up and it's, it's just like a, a gray day. Are you like, today sucks, it's not going to work, or you can make it happen regardless of the weather, you know? I can shoot as long as it's not actually physically raining. Yep. Um, thunderstorms are a different story. I will still shoot if there are thunderstorms because, yep. oh, my God, the light is fantastic. So as long as the subject is okay waiting, uh, I've actually had it where, like, we're, we had to keep ducking into the car during a hailstorm. Um, yep. But then at the end, it was a huge rainbow. And nice. I got a picture of her with the rainbow, and it was just amazing. So I will – thunderstorms, I will do it if the person is willing to be like on call. Yep. Um, if it's just gray, it's awesome. I, it looks great. It's just a beautiful yep. look. Um, the only thing I can't really shoot in is high wind. So mm-hmm. high wind and rain I can't. Because first of all, the hair is everywhere. Um, people are squinting, they're uncomfortable. And I have a light with me usually, and it will blow over. And I don't want to replace it. <laughs> is there, um, you know, I, I've, I've watched you know, documentaries about like movie making and sometimes directors will wait like all day for just the perfect shade of indigo in the sky to have one shot that looks just the way they want. Have you ever sort of said, today is a perfect day. I want this particular time of day as the background for this shot for you. Or is it really up to the kids to say, I don't really care. Just make sure that it's bright, you know? It's, uh, I never go into something expecting a specific thing. I never can because it it never shows up on, I want to say on paper, but it's not paper anymore. Um, It never shows (laughs) up in the camera the way that I envisioned it in my head. So I try to not go into it. Like I have, I actually have them send me pictures with the seniors. I'll have the parents send me like a cell phone picture or selfie just so I can see what they look like. Because then I start thinking like, oh, he would look good um, at this location and that background. Um, But yeah, I don't go into it thinking ahead of time. Nice. Have you ever, um, before digital, I have, I have a pre-digital and a post-digital question. Um, 
were you ever in all these movies, right? You're in the dark room, right? And you and you, yes. you, you have the dark room work, and then someone opens the door, and all the pictures are ruined. Has that ever happened to you? Um, it happened in photography school a few times because we uh, we would be up until like three in the morning when it was portfolio review, and people would be very sleepy, and they would not realize the dark room was full of people, and ah, everybody's project. Um, luckily, not with film so much, but. You know, it's easy to reprint a print. And, and the second question is, how much do you miss red eye? Well, if you know what you're doing, you don't get red eye. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I actually don't. That's that's with a pop-up flash on a camera. That gives you red eye. And uh, a setting on a flash called TTL, that also gives you red eye. And I hate both of those things with a passion. So I don't get red eye. <laughs> there you go. That's why you're the professional. <laughs> um shannon talk about karaoke for a second <laughs> oh karaoke my secret nightlife uh what is there to talk about what happens at karaoke is supposed to stay there where, where is it um, even happening karaoke <laughs> where, oh, where no, you traveling, you're like traveling around like looking for karaoke bars which are all closed now but you what's going on with that um, no, I am not planning on going back to karaoke for a very long time because of what's going on, which is kind of heartbreaking because I love, I love going there and hearing people just like having their five minutes of fame. I actually hosted it for years. Um, I was a karaoke host. <laughs> it was my night job. Like a, a traveling, like bringing the party or like people like at a bar, like where? People would come to wherever I was. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be yep. like different bars on different nights. It was wow. so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. Then I had Do children. Do you have, like, yeah, well, that kind of ruined <laughs> I'm, I'm not um, even sure what to ask right now. Do you have, do you have like, a go-to karaoke, like, like you're, you're going to go there first? Like, I'm going to do... I, let's see, my favorite song to do is probably Hit em Up Style from Blue What? what? <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Yeah, it's my favorite like show off song. Wow. So, and, so, so and, I was saying at our um, so, so my wife and I got married up in Kennebunkport, Maine, and we had our um, we had our um, uh, dinner before the night before at actually at an Elks Club, I think it was in Maine. And my mom had a good friend who said, "I'll bring some entertainment." I said, "Okay." And when I got there, all the tables had song lists on them, and he brought us karaoke stuff, and we. We did karaoke um, at that night. It actually was a great, great fun time. I, I, I rocked it out to the Beastie Boys. It was good. It's so much fun. I've actually gotten a group of um, Bedford moms. Um, I started this misfit parents karaoke thing where just like I invite everybody like, hey, I'm going to karaoke tonight. Who wants to go? And I put it as like a misfit parents thing. So they don't think they have to be on their best behavior. Um, and a bunch of moms have started and dads have started to come out you know, and sing. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that person could sing. They're so good. And it's just really, it's really fun. It's fun to get out and just be silly. And, you know, if you're, if you're worried about being silly, like that's what it's for. You know, you don't have to be a good singer. It's just, it's just a fun thing. It's a fun atmosphere. And I think I've seen your children doing some karaoke uh, at your home, if I'm not mistaken. Is that happening as well? Oh, yes. Our quarantine karaoke, or as they were calling it, Corona-oki. <laughs> Didn't you? Were you, were you um, Facebook live? I'm trying to remember. Where, I think I watched that. Yeah. Like a video. Of, that was outstanding. Yeah. Was yeah, we did a Facebook when, live. It was probably like two weeks ago. It probably feels like three years ago at this point, because I'm not sure when it actually happened. 
<laughs> yeah, it was soon after the quarantine started, so it feels like forever ago. Oh my gosh. But Julio's um, starting to learn to sing, uh, Julio's starting to sing uh, harmony, so it's really fun to sing with him. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> he's awesome. Great. And, um, and does, uh, does your husband also indulge in this little uh, karaoke thing, or what's the story so there? He's a very good singer. Yeah. He's really good. And uh, he, yeah. when we first started dating, he told me he loved karaoke. And mm-hmm. he came out all the time. And then all of a sudden we got married, and all of a sudden he doesn't like karaoke anymore. Oh man! He was just—he was using—he was just using that as an excuse. But no, he's such a good singer. He's—he just doesn't like. Do any duets? Do any duets together? We used to. Um, oh bring gosh. it back. I know we should. I'm just thinking about the, the opening scene um, to uh, Disney High School Musical, right? You and your husband—you know—just on the stage, you know, meeting, meeting at that hotel, you know, and oh, the New Year's <laughs> dance, yeah. There you go. I- that's I've good. actually never seen that. Oh, see now Get I gotta watch it. You never seen High School Musical? I uh, don't start asking your, me about you, movies you, I haven't seen because there's a lot. Your kids, your kids. Well, your we kids we won't. But I mean, from a from a sing along perspective, High School Musical has it's got some real anthems. So, yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. I'm the worst. I have, it's it's hard for me. I don't have a lot of patience for sitting down and watching movies and shows. Fair. It's, yeah. So I think I might be able to sit through that one, but. If you want, Dan and I can just run them through real quick for you. The songs, the, the, the whole theme, everything. Ready? You go, Dan. Listen, I, I, I have gone to uh, you know nights when Rock Band has been taken out and it's gone until 2 in the morning. I'm, not, I'm never one to shy away from from singing in public. Like, bring it on, but not for the podcast. Maybe for, maybe <laughs> for like a special for a, a post-quarantine Facebook Live karaoke uh party for everybody but so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying my my wife jen loves to sing um and we were actually just on over the weekend we're up in a, a little place in maine with madison and madison was doing karaoke to various pop songs and the next thing i know jen and i were singing along to to uh the wait by the band and like we're gonna record this we're we are oh, so, nice. jen, so the next time you have a next thing you have a um a misfit um whatever you want to call misfit it karaoke night yes yeah, I, misfit I, parents I Drag my wife over there. Not that I'm going to sing, but she, but she, oh, Jen, no, Jen loves to sing. Loves singing, to dance. dude. You're oh, me, we will you convince you. you. I'll sing with you, man. I'll, I'll sing pull with you. like the um, I'll pull the uh, the Bill Murray Lost in Translation karaoke scene, which is still pretty awesome oh for those of you who have seen that. Love See, that, that I've seen. Oh, that's a great movie. Sorry, I really enjoyed you can it. Always, um, you can always do the go-to karaoke songs that, like, it doesn't matter if you're not good. So, like, you could sing a Journey song and not even sing one lyric to it. And nobody notices because they're all singing along. So that's like the least. Oh, is that is that like a trade secret? Like you could sing "Don't Stop Believing" and it doesn't matter if you suck. Is that is that like? Yeah, it's just something I notice. Is something I notice is like no matter how terrible you are, even if you don't sing, if you put up a journey song, um, or like, I don't want to say "Paradise by the Dashboard Light" because it's I'm not a fan of that song, but that's another one. You put you put those up and no one's listening to you. They're singing. stop, Stop. Stop. What 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 red blooded New Englander is not a fan of Paradise by Dashboard Light? Dave has seen Meatball in concert, Shannon's. You just insulted meatball. him personally. Yeah. Meatball. Did you see Meatball? Meatball. Oh, meatball. 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 You don't diss the loaf. Don't diss the loaf yeah. on the pod. I have nothing against the meatloaf version of the song, but years of hosting karaoke and hearing the drunken yeah, karaoke it, version bad. of the song, <laughs> you get a little tired of it. Oh man, yeah. I, I mean, Dave, I mean, Dave was outed as a closet like '80s rock and metal fan uh, earlier this month. Maybe it was last Ooh. week. So I think he could probably bust through some White Snake 
uh, maybe some GNR, Dave, and then, uh, you know, and finish up with some Metallica. Let's make it happen. There you go. Van Halen, Iron, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. I, I, I got it on my back I don't pocket. know if those are really karaoke worthy, but like. No, 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 no. No, there's a metal. Yeah. Anything's well, karaoke. What, what do I know? Anything is. Yeah, what do you know? Anything is karaoke for Shannon Dillon. All right. So. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> Shannon, and um, are, are you making masks? Oh, my God. Yes, I'm obsessed. Talk about that so, for a second. Yeah, I, I love doing crafty things. So, like, uh, yep. when I'm not doing photography i always need to be doing something so i love knitting and crochet i don't really crochet much anymore but i love knitting for like i could knit something and tear it apart and not have a problem and start over again just because i like the process of doing it so learning how to sew i actually have time to sit down and learn how to sew which is Mm -hmm. something i kind of wanted to do and uh it's been extremely frustrating and fun and it's just i get into this zone I made Rodrigo put the kids to bed last night, and I was up till, like, 3 in the morning until the needle broke on the machine. Um, just making masks for people. Wow. Yeah, it's just fun. Were you, like, were you like watching a show in the background, or you are just mask-making in the zone? What were you doing? Oh, was I watching a show? I was re-watching Tiger King. Oh, yes. man. What are you talking <laughs> about? I'm, 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 I'm on episode I 5. I, I, actually, I was watching it at 2 a.m. in the morning. Because cause Dan, Dan wants me to finish Ozark. I don't know if you're watching Ozark at all. Um, I didn't. I didn't watch that yet. It's well worth it. So, but I'm I, I'm stuck on the, the new season because it. I I sometimes will start watching these things on my phone in bed at two in the morning, and it, I was getting a little. It was just a little intense. So I, I keep keep going back to Tiger King, and I'm on episode. Oh, uh, it's the five right now. perfect perfect show to watch on your phone as you're falling fall asleep, asleep because asleep. it's so dumb. <laughs> No, you won't fall asleep though. It's just, it's such a, tra- it's such a train wreck. It's like a train wreck inside of a dumpster fire. It's with yeah, a mullet. No, I mean that that was my that was my, that was my take home from like the first episode. I'm like, what? Why am I watching this again? So I can't, bring myself to, I can't bring myself I can't to keep stop. going. But there's no the same. He hasn't watched it yet. Yeah, it's the same reason you watch the Three Stooges. You know, they watch Three Stooges because you makes you feel good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, hey, my life isn't that bad. Okay, all right. Well, you know, okay. I, I think that's fair. I, I, so I finished Ozark. I finished Fauda. I'm, I'm, I'm watching this Icelandic, like, crime show right now called Trapped, which is in Icelandic Ooh. somehow, which I found on Amazon Prime, which is a little bit compelling. But I'm, I'm not going to go back to Tiger King. But I appreciate that it was – it helped you through the mask making. Are you, are you making them to donate? <laughs> are you donating them somewhere? Are you giving them to people? What are you doing with the masks? I'm just making them and then asking them. people if they need them. They want. Um, Got it. Yeah. Are you, so are, I had you, somebody you... drop off material for me to make some for them because like oh, I, have, nice. I have a friend, a few friends who are still working like sure. uh, hotel industry and yeah, yeah. Uh, grocery stores and stuff like that. And everybody thinks of the doctors and stuff like that. But they're all the grocery store workers that are just being exposed to everything all day. And so a friend of mine... Uh, brought over a bunch of material, so I'm gonna make some stuff for her to give to her coworkers and stuff. So I just that's, I worry about that's that. That's a really, really good point, Shannon. You know, people, you know, there's definitely the healthcare workers, you know, in these hospitals, the ICUs, the ERs, you know, they're being exposed, you know, day by day. But you think of all the regular people out there doing their jobs, right? Who are being exposed, whether it's the the, the great guy that, that who's our UPS uh, delivery man at the office, who's yeah. you know in the in the morning, you know, packing up his truck and 
you know, you know, finally got masks a few weeks ago and the grocery store workers are saying, and anybody who has to interact with the public can not even go out in the public. So that's actually a great thing. It's actually a great point that we're really all, you know, just get, everybody is, you know, the average worker, right, is exposed. And that's a, that's a really mm-hmm. great thing. That you well, also the disposable ones are so uncomfortable. Like these, these ones are made from t-shirt material with a filter inside of them so that, and then they, I, I'm making them so they wrap around the head because I can't stand them around my ears. So if I can keep it on my face, I can't stand masks. So if I can keep it on my face for any length of time, this would be so much better for somebody who has to wear it all day to actually have it be comfortable instead of like yeah. marking up their face and stuff. So you're not, so you're not crocheting your masks, right? Actually, <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a little, little, little unprotective though. But, um, yeah, just a bit. I think, I, think, I think Dan needs a new bathing suit for the summer, so maybe you can cook one of those. Oh, I could totally. We can go back to like 70s and do like a macrame bathing suit. Okay, you guys can you can make one for Dave. I'm all set. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad this is a and, uh, podcast because that image is a tough one to shake right now. I, I, I'm having a tough time too with that one. Um, and Shannon, you're you're recently uh, came into the possession of a, of a wonderful new dog. How's the dog doing with quarantine? <gasps> Oh, my dog. He's my child. He's my fur baby, and I love him. Uh, he's doing awesome. His This all happened, like, right at the end of his socialization period. Yeah. And he loves people and animals so much. So it's been – I'm still letting people pet him because I feel like he needs it. Yeah. Because uh, he's going to be a big dog, and I don't want him to be afraid of people. That's so important sure. to me. Sure. Um, but he's helped me so much. He's just been – oh. He, we got him at the perfect time. It was right before all this happened. Right. So. Well, that, that dog, I mean, humbly, that dog was very attached to me also. And I saw him at dance. Yes. A, lot, a, lot, a lot of the love and kissing for me from, from person. Oh, he so. loves you. Yeah. And he remembers people. Like, if he sees you once, he remembers you. He's so smart. He's. I wish I had that talent. <laughs> he, he and I have what a special connection. What can I say? Uh, what, what kind of dog is he? He's, um, yeah. We just actually got a DNA test back. One of the other pet parents we i know a lot of where the siblings are um and one of the parents got a dna test so he is half pitbull and half australian cattle dog so he's a handful he's incredibly smart he's already doing agility stuff like we're agility training him and he's like 18 weeks old so sky's the limit yeah, could he's you, such could a you good send guy. Her, could you send him a picture of me just so he gets to know me better? So when I see him in person, he'll be like, <laughs> I like that guy. I like that guy way, way better than the Brasgar guy. So. <laughs> he oh loves the, he loves everybody. I ha- We have not met one person that he does not like ever. Like He's just so excited to meet everybody. So he's sweet. So 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 talking about like um, dogs in, in Lexington, there's been some cry outs um, for people to keep their dogs on, on leash in the some of the the uh, areas where dogs are allowed to roam free, like um, Willard's Woods, because people are concerned mm-hmm. that dogs off leash, you know, they run up to someone else and then, then the owner has to get the dog and it decreases the distancing. So um, it's, it's kind of a big tidbit, but, but, we, but the people who have asked us to, to pass an ordinance like the Board of Health or the town to uh, tell people to keep their dogs on leash, but that has mm-hmm. not happened. Wasn't that a yeah, big, I, like, big thing like 10 years ago about Willard's Woods with the leash law and a big debate about what, what and it was like, what, isn't there like a thing about weekends versus weekdays? What is oh, it? That, was, the, uh, that was a huge is, issue that people were, yeah, and people were kept were having the dogs off leash and, and there right. was a, there's a, there's like a, almost like a dog war, like a, like a pro-dog, anti-dog right. um, showdown there. It was, it was a big deal. And that's one of the reasons why 
this is not going to, it's not going to be some kind of, you know, ruling to say that because I created, this is not the time to create that kind of uh, disturbance. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. People, people are, are, are already, I think would say, you know, disturbed enough in this crisis, in this current climate. But Willard's Woods, I mean, it's not, it's not that big. So if there's dogs out, I mean, you're there's also, not only the dogs, there's, there's lots of dog poop. People don't, yes. there's a lot of, dog, there's a lot of, I, mean, I think, one time somebody actually came to us on the board of health. Um, it was a, it was a, a boy scout leader who they used to always have this big, like, like, um, gathering there from different boy scout troops at Willard's woods. And one after one year, the other troops just said that we're not going to come again because wherever they pitched the tent, they were sit, sitting or stepping in dog poop. And oh. the, the, the troop went out and I, I don't remember the exact amount, but they, they picked up, I don't know how many pounds of dog poop, you know, it, it, like piles oh, and piles of it. So it, it was everywhere. So well, that's, yeah. that's, that's, I've noticed the, <laughs> I've noticed a huge amount of it, you know, and we're very good. We're very thoughtful about that. Like we would never leave our dogs poo anywhere. Um, I have noticed dog poop bags just piled yeah. up everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. It started happening. Like it didn't used to happen. And now it's just everywhere. They're poop bags. Like you went to the effort of picking up the poop and then you left it's it on the side it. of the road in a bag. So it, I asked my, I asked Jen, my wife that. about that. And I was like, I was like, why? Like, you know, Dan knows how I am about certain things. Like, you know, bikers on a bike path, you know, you know, <laughs> telling me on your left, you know, they ride rage. And, I, and I'm a big... How I'm dare a, they try to not run you over? How dare they exactly. run you Exactly. You know what? No, just, just give your heads up. Just slap me in the head when you go by. That's better. But the but the thing with the dog poop, like, and I have dogs, right? And I pick up my poop, you know? Not my poop, my dog's poop. And <laughs> it's, you're exactly right. Why the bags? But Jen said, oh, no, they're leaving them there for the way back. So when they come back, they'll pick them up. And then for the bakers, yeah, doubtful. I have doubtful. done that, except that it's the same piles of dog poop bags every time we go for a walk that's getting larger and larger and larger. And there aren't this that is, many dogs in our neighborhood. This is some, this is some so. good scouting here. I mean, we're on the trails every day and we see those bags all over. So I mean, people yeah. are just out. Listen, the, the maybe the percentage of folks who are doing that is, is staying the same, but there's a number of folks out there with their dogs constantly is definitely increasing because people are just home and want to go outside. So I think we can all probably be better than we can, than... can do that. Like, wait, who, I, I, know, I recognize these fingerprints. This is uh, a <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>. stuff. <laughs> sure. A typical Australian something, something. Wow. So Shan, when, when you're done with Tiger King, what are you going to watch next? Oh, gosh, we have such a list of things. We wanted yes. to start watching The Witcher. I watched a couple episodes. Oh. Like, what, what was it? I want to get into it, but I'm Ugh. not that into it. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth likes it. I'm like, this is so dull and slow. And at a certain point, everything becomes a knockoff of something that's made before. And there's nothing mm -hmm. original, really, in this new genre of fantasy stuff. So I'm, I'm, I passed on that pretty much immediately. But if you like, um, you know, Henry Cavill, like uh, like John Moreau does, Dave, then then you might like uh, The Witcher for a couple episodes. You never know. Yeah, it's not. I haven't been that into it. The um, yeah. thing that I love is uh, Schitt's Creek. I'm just catching sure. up on. Good. Love that show and uh, The Good Place. So yeah. those ones were were like watching those. Are you watching? But like, I really together, love like or are you watching scary separately? stuff. You watch it together. You watch it separately. Yeah. We do a little bit of both. It depends on how much I'm paying attention. Um, <laughs> sure. But I like anything zombie horror related are usually the ones that I go for. You're and the real as big of a fan. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes. Nice. Do, do you like new zombie stuff or old zombie stuff? Have you seen like like all of it? 
I mean, going back to the day of like the um, Dawn of the Dead, those those bad boys. Yeah, uh, I love love the cheesy horror films, like the ridiculous B movies that barely even rate as a B movie. I love that kind of stuff, especially campy stuff. I love campy stuff, but then like the the really scary stuff, I like too. Those zombie movies, honestly, I I I I don't like horror movies at all. and the zombie movies, for some reason, weird me out a little bit because I, I'm a rational person. But you're like, what if? What if? You know, I, I, have this, I, I remember that whole image of whatever the movie was with the zombies in the movie in the uh, mall back in the whatever that, that one of those first ones. In the 70s. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. It scares me so much. I can't think of the name of it now. Yeah. Well, the, the ones I love are the pandemic ones. So it's like like 28 days later. So that's. Oh, my crazy. gosh. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little too close to home right now. Exactly. So. That one's crazy. Those are crazy. But, you know, all the things I'm learning from all these zombie and pandemic movies are really going to come in handy. You know, <laughs> sure, sure. It's out of control. It's, it's, Especially uh, if you're wearing your mask. Research, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah, you that's research. Shade. You strike me as a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of girl. Would that be, would that be accurate? Were you into that? Yes, I very much of course, was. In high of course, you were. Like, did it. you go and like? Did you go and like sing along? Did you do that too? I, I think I only happened. went. I think yeah. I only went to one live yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. It was great. Yeah, I, I had friends for whom that was more or less a religion. You know, back in the mid nineties, I'm like, I went once. I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> no, don't don't need don't need to do it again um yeah that, friends that, that went constantly but that like is definitely that is that's very campy you know if you want to use that word campy that's pretty much the definition yeah wow um dave anything anything else you want to ask shannon about before we let her go today yeah yeah i mean shannon was before we came on here she was telling us about it sounds like you have a very eclectic past shannon and oh and, gosh, and, and and not only I'm, i can only imagine what the future holds for you but the present as well right with all the stuff that you're doing but but you mentioned that you were you worked for a um was it a tuxedo uh Company oh, yes. Or? I, I was an operations manager for Men's Warehouse um, for a while. So I measured a lot of people for tuxes, um, got a lot of the same inappropriate jokes over <laughs> and over <laughs> and over. Guys, please, when you pick up your tux, don't ask the female woman working there if they want to come in and help you. Oh, um, God, stop. Oh, Don't man. ask to measure your inseam twice, because oh, really? we're not even going to do it once. <laughs> oh, who does that, pigs? Everybody. Oh, oh, all of them. Especially when it's like a drunken groom's party coming in. Oh, yeah. But it's, oh, yeah. it was all funny. It was just like, oh, I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're, coming in, they're coming in drunk for the <laughs> to pick up the tuxedo. Yes. Oh, yes. Man. They would come in drunk for the fittings. They'd come in drunk to pick up the tuxes. It's like, oh, this would be a fun if you don't wedding. mind the asking, which which location was this of Men's Warehouse? It was in Burlington. The, I, I got a, I got a suit there once. I did not try to pull that with you, though. I was, was going to say, I don't remember you asking an inappropriate question. Oh, my gosh. That's I, horrifying. I, I, I walked in there once. On men. <laughs> I walked in there once in, in with, my, with Jen. I just hated shopping for suits, if not clothes. And I walked in there, and you know, the, the, I had this, this look on my face of like terror and the, the cheesy salesman man came up to me and said you look like someone's putting you know pulling off your fingernails and i'm like i hate buying suits and i think i walked out but but, but, but we used to always get my get my suits is very interesting i used to go to um caps caps of used to be caps of lawrence and then, then there was a caps in the building mall because when i was younger 
my father um, used to drive down from Maine to get nice suits, he felt. We would go to the Caps in Lawrence. But I think Caps in Lawrence closed, and I went into the one in Burlington, and the guy who was fitting me for my suit was Dwight Hill. You guys know Dwight Hill from um, from Bedford? You, you, Bedford, him and his wife, um, Christy, and they have two girls. And now he, he runs the, the real school of music in, in, um, in Burlington. But he was the guy that fit me for my suit, which is bizarre. He was like, he was into fashion. And then the guy, and, and the, the tailor who, who did my inseam, I won't talk about that too much. <laughs> the same tailor who did my, who did my measurements back at Caps of Lawrence, like, like 15, 20 years before. Oh, this wow. Italian guy. Spoke, How do you, you remember English, this? had a big cigar in his mouth, you know, he's pinning me, poking me everywhere. Um, but it was kind of, it's kind of, I've been friends with Dwight ever since, but I was going to say to you, um, Shannon, it's one of my favorite fitting stories. I went to one of my, um, my friend's, uh, weddings, uh, I think it was in Connecticut and, um, no, actually it was, might've been my wedding actually. We all, everybody had to get there, had to get there, there you know, and send in their measurements, you know, offsite, right? You went somewhere else to get your measurements, right? Then they send you. Oh, the those, those guy. suits never fit, right? Oh yeah. But anyways, the guys. <laughs> if you send in your measurements, guy. it's not going to fit. <laughs> so it was, it was my wedding because it was in Maine and we went to, it was in Kennebunkport, Maine, where we got our suits from. And the, the guy had all, all the suits in like this barn. He had like thousands of tuxedos in the barn. He's calling everybody's name, you know, Chris Godek, you know, Mark Doherty, some guys that might be in the podcast at some point. And he goes, Joe Heineman, Joe Heineman, are you here? And like, Joe's like, yeah, I'm here. Joe's a urologist now, went to med school with me. And he's like, I want to meet you, Joe, because by your measurements, your arms are longer than your legs. So you're an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a I bought two suits. One, one, that, one just by your measurements, the arms are like to the floor. And That's, one, I, I think that will fit you. I like yeah, how you find yeah, I used I to get you. lots of measurements like that. Be like, wait, this is not correct. There's no way this is correct. I like how Dave looked for that memory and he was like, oh, yeah, oh. Oh, it was my wedding, yes. <laughs> he was one of those wedding parties. I bet he was one of those wedding parties that came in and, you know. Yeah, had had acting. a little too much fun beforehand. <laughs> well, the, the stories he's told about about his friends from back home, nothing. I put nothing past them. But Dave's a gentleman first and foremost, so I Aww. trust that he made the he made the right choice. But I'm not sure about his buddies. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, um, I, I will say, Shannon, that you know, in, you know, the, the past six weeks have been have been rough for everyone. Uh, your pictures that I've seen have really just lit up the Facebook feeds of our families and everyone that sort of follows your work. So I want to thank you. Um, on behalf of lots of folks for just you know helping us tell a happy story during a time which has not been super happy and um, you know keep up the great work we're really excited about uh, everything that you're doing thank you so much yeah I always right. want to do one more say one more thing and that's you know what you do you're an amazing person um, you 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 brighten up wherever you are even right now you know we're, we're looking at you via Skype and it's just really great you have your, your persona is amazing and I have to thank you um, for the past few years you've actually um, Donate your time um, and taking pictures at our um, Maddie's mission events, um, yep. and and you know captured some amazing moments uh, of our family and our friends. And I really appreciate you being there. And actually, the last one, which we got in right under the wire, it seems like right before the, all the stuff hit, you came and you never left. And um, Jen and I <laughs> still we, we thank you very much, and we'll, we'll thank you more. But I, your 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 ability to capture to create is really unmatched. Thank you. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, wait, did you, um, I'm trying to remember, I think, I think was, is it, was it the trunk or treat or town day? You're like, oh, I'm next to this woman. I'm like, oh my God, you're next to Shannon. That's great. And you guys became friends immediately. 
Was it was yeah. it truck or treat or was it or was it, uh, it Bedford Day? It was Bedford Day. Our boots were yeah. next to each other, and I yes, met I met you and I met you, Dr. Geller, and it was like instant, like, oh, he's our new doctor now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I knew I knew knowing both of you that that was going to be an excellent uh, you know juxtaposition of, of people and talent and personality. So I'm really pleased that uh, yeah. that was the beginning, and and so just one stop along the path of, of oh your one one thing that really got me totally won me over about you, Dr. Geller, I don't know if I ever told you this, was watching, my husband and I both watching all of the uh, high school kids, the kids that were in college, just come up to you and give you a great big hug. And you remembered every kid's name. And it just hit us so hard. Like these kids have such a good relationship with him. And yep. you are definitely something special. Everybody in that office is is something special. You created such a great place that like I'm not afraid to ask questions I'm you know yeah. it, we know we're being taken care of in there and it's wonderful yeah. that means the world to me I you know I think the the simple thing is I, I I surround myself by amazing people right and people I work with my friends you two are included in that um I think you, if you shine yourself by you know wonderful people things are great so uh thank you I really I thank you very much thank you wow how special this is and then awesome. there's Dan Dan you're a great guy <laughs> Thanks. He's okay. Oh, I'm all right. Let me tell you, you one right. quick right. thing. Let me Special tell you one guy. quick thing. The first time I ever met uh, Elizabeth, so we were at Springsbrook Park. This is how I knew that they were like my favorite family in the world. So we're at Springsbrook Park. I just had one kid at the time. And um, I think your littlest was just born. Noah went running because she was just like toddling. And then uh, Elizabeth went chasing her while nursing Davi. So she's Probably. running down the beach with a baby attached to her while yeah. chasing another baby while the other ones are running around. And I'm like, this woman is absolutely amazing. And I need to know this family. <laughs> so uh, she's, you guys are like my she, hero as far as parenting yeah, she, She's, uh, there's no one like her. She's the best. And um, she's incredible. You know, and I think, you know, that, that park and, and us go way back and, uh, and I'll be sad if, if the COVID affects, you know, summer activities there and, and seeing you guys mm -hmm. all the time, but that's not, that's not a conversation for late April um, on a beautiful spring day. Uh, what a great way to wrap up my day talking to the both of you. So I wish you guys a great end of the week and weekend with lots of social distancing and good weather and family times. Um, and, um, and we'll all talk again soon. Okay, thanks. All right, so thank you so much, Dave. Thanks, talk to you guys right. later. Thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye. Bye. What Do We Know is written by Dan Broskel and Dave Geller and produced by Julie Manugian at Lex Media in Lexington, Massachusetts. Our theme music is written by Joey Freeman. Joey's work can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify. See you next time.